Hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney and am discussing all of this with you on another bonus episode because more stuff keeps happening in the customer service world as things start to open back up. So this is not a listener letter episode. This is just going to be a general reviews episode as things start to open back up and as I have been back out into the world and dealing with people on the other side of customer service as a customer myself and just generally being frustrated. I am back in Los Angeles and I went out to dinner last night with some girlfriends at a bar restaurant in Hollywood and largely very generally speaking Hollywood is an enormously expensive night out anyway and you know that you're going to be sort of in the shit with people and it's going to take a long time and you're going to spend a lot of money and probably not get a lot of return for the money that you've spent. But something that has come up a bit and that I have been asked about in general, and I did speak about it on a previous episode, are the the COVID fees. And some restaurants are transparent about it and they'll tell you that on the menu or they'll, you know, the server will mention it or someone will say something. And other times as like what happened last night, you'll be looking at your receipt and you'll just see health benefits surcharge $4.68, which is exactly what it cost us. And our total for the bill was $204.02 to be very exact. That'll be the photo for this episode. So you'll get to see it because I took a picture because I was so mad. And only two of the four of us were drinking alcohol. So the bulk of the expense was food and gratuity is now just being automatically added at 18%. I have heard, I've heard that that is because a lot of people during this time were walking out on bills, which is gross for a lot of reasons. And everyone had suggested, myself included, you know, as soon as things open back up, people are going to have some sense. They're going to act right. It's not going to be a difficult adjustment period because people are going to be so happy to be back out. And largely speaking, it's not, it doesn't appear as though people spent time in COVID learning how to act. That seemed to be not on the list of things to do. It was like, learn how to bake, finish the internet, go to sleep. Nowhere on that list of three was it also stop, stop being a dick and learn how to do, do life differently. Nope, that wasn't on there. So the other thing that is also happening, which I noticed last night is our server who was not great if I'm being honest, she kept saying, well, I'm really new or I just got hired. I'm recently hired when we would ever, ever bring up questions. Like for example, we were where we were sitting. It was basically just being in the subwoofer of the restaurant and people kept like getting up and leaving because it was so loud. They put blankets over the speakers. The solution was not turn the speakers down. The solution was just have your customers suffer quietly and when we asked her about it, she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm new. I think they're just trying to figure it out. And then we spent the next hour and a half with the levels being changed. And it was very frustrating. And that's a separate thing that isn't exactly related because I understand places are trying to figure it out as they open back up. But the overwhelming thing that I noticed was that as a, as a customer this time and not a member of the customer service staff, I was trying to hold a lot of space for mistakes and things to happen. And as they continued to happen, I was just getting more and more frustrated. And some of that is my own stuff, right? It's because I've worked in the industry. My, my, I guess, tolerance for nonsense is very low. But also when the person waiting on the table is 
kind of just doesn't care and clearly just wants to make the money. That's that can be annoying. And I get it. It's not anybody's dream in theory to be waiting on people with a mask in COVID times and, you know, whatever. But what I had noticed was as we were leaving the restaurant, I thought, oh, you know, she kept saying she was new. I bet she's new to the industry altogether. And I bet what has happened, at least in LA from what I have observed, because this isn't my first time going out uh, post COVID, even though it's not really post, it's sort of things are opening back up. But we're still in, in the shit right now. I've noticed that I think a lot of people who were lifelong servers or who were artists that were using service work as a way to float their artistic life, as myself and so many of my friends have done or are doing, a lot of us have yet to return back to the chaos that is customer service, whether it's because, you know, we we weren't offered a job back or because we haven't found a place that is hiring specifically what we're looking for or whatever it is, for whatever reason, a lot of people are not returning to the industry. And so they are hiring a fresh crop of new people who potentially have never worked in the industry before. And that's pretty apparent. And waiting tables is really hard. Being of service in that way is tough. You have to think about a lot of things and particularly in LA where it's so competitive. It's really hard to just be fresh off, you know, the the Greyhound bus from wherever you're from and get a serving job. You have to be vetted. It's usually it's it's very similar to entertainment. It's like if you know somebody that works in the food service industry out here or any sort of hospitality you're obviously more likely to get hired. At least that's how it was before. But other than that, you know, you're in line with a hundred other people. You have to bring a headshot. The interview process is grueling and it's, you have to take all these personality tests. It's insane what you'd have to go through before. And I think now because they are, they really need people and they want to be open. They're kind of just hiring anyone regardless of experience. And that's not to say she wasn't, you know, she was perfectly pleasant, but she didn't give a fuck about our experience at all. And a friend of mine was cold that was with us and went to grab a blanket, not the blanket off of the subwoofer that was basically on our table, which could have been solved by just as we mentioned, or as I mentioned, turning the music down. No, no. This was a blanket that was on a couch and we had asked her for a blanket, you know, 40 minutes before that. And she just said, Oh yeah, I'll keep my eye out. So she, my friend grabs a blanket And the waitress comes out of nowhere and immediately runs the table and says, that actually has to stay on that couch. We'll see what else we can do. And listen, I'm not asking this customer service worker to solve it all because as I have said on the podcast a hundred times, that is partially what, where I think the disconnect happens with people is that they go to a restaurant or a bar thinking, or call a phone number thinking that this customer service person's only existence in life and the only reason that they're here is to be serving you customer and giving you exactly what you want and need immediately. And that's not true. But if you, if someone is cold at a rooftop bar and is seated in your section and there are available blankets apart from the ones that are on the speaker system and they've been waiting for 40 minutes, it's not crazy that they would walk over to a couch and take a blanket. And the response was swift and immediate and the blanket was pulled off of her lap and put back on the couch. And, you know, it was just one of many things. And, you know, I ordered a salad with no bacon and it had extra bacon on it when it came to the table and like just stupid stuff where I don't, I'm not going to punish the restaurant for these things, but it just seems like not only do customers not know how to behave, but also the restaurants kind of don't know. It's like they're getting their sea legs back and everybody's a newborn baby deer. What up deer? 
And because everybody's trying to figure out how to be back in the world, but the underlying level of anxiety that everybody has, whether or not they want to admit it or the underlying grief that everybody has is related to COVID. I feel like customer service positions are being looked at with more scrutiny. I find myself doing the same thing. And that's not necessarily fair because the person waiting on our table is also walking through COVID, was at our table with a mask. You know, there's not, the situation is less than ideal. And there were a lot of things that were frustrating that were out of her control, including that $4.68 health benefit surcharge, which we didn't ask about. I think everyone's just kind of accepting it, but slapping on there an 18% gratuity, which would have been more but it was just being included because people are walking out on checks, which which sucks. But charging me $21 for a salad that was mediocre and, you know, eight of those dollars were towards four shrimp. It just stupid shit like that where it just feels like nickeling and diming. Like you put four shrimp on my plate and that costs $8. So it's two bucks a shrimp, which tasted like fresh ocean water. They were disgusting. And a salad that had extra bacon on it, which I don't eat pork. Like it just stupid things like that. Our appetizers came out after our meal. The server kept pulling our plates away when there was food still on them and taking like my friend had half a glass of wine left and the server picked up her glass and my friend had to be like, uh, still drinking that. And I just think everybody's finding their sea legs right now. And I don't know how long this is going to happen, but as long as there's not transparency on how long these COVID fees or these health benefit surcharges, whatever the fuck any of this fake shit is, as long as there's not transparency about that before you get the bill or before you enter the restaurant, it's just, eh, you know, it just feels gross. It feels like you're being nickel and dimed and it made our night really not fun. And I haven't been out in LA, like out, out, in a really long time, like on a Saturday night, really going for it in, in years. I mean, it's been a really long time. And so maybe the bar of expectation was also too high that this was going to be this perfect evening. And I was going to have fun seeing girlfriends I hadn't seen in a long time. I really, you know, I thought maybe it was going to be that, but when it turned into this experience of fighting to keep your plate so that you could finish the remainder of food that was there fighting, you know, my friends fighting to keep their drinks so that they could finish their beverages, you know, uh, asking for things that just weren't coming and it, and asking to not be seated in the subwoofer. Cause it's not a, a fucking Eminem concert in the middle of the forum. It's like, no, we're on a rooftop in Hollywood. You know, I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking, it was so loud. We were screaming to each other. We physically moved our table over away from the speaker to try and have some semblance of a conversation. And look, stuff happens. I, as I've said, and I've said on this episode, I'm not trying to assume that the customer service people need to solve it for us. But because these were jobs that people were fighting so hard to get before, because hospitality was viewed as the way into entertainment, whether it be you met somebody or you happen to wait on someone that could change your life, or you had your days free so you could audition. So you would work at restaurants at night. A shitload of people have left LA during this time. It's just untenable, the the cost of living and a lot of things. And I, I'm not talking shit about LA. I love LA. There's a lot of great things about this city, but being an artist here before was bordering on insane. And then a lot of people spent COVID time being like, oh no, it is insane. We're leaving. And so a huge portion of your hospitality workers left. Also, some of them died if I'm being really macabre on this podcast, but that's real. And so 
you're now hiring novices, but you're charging prices of, you know, great. You're charging the prices that would be justifiable with really great service, although not totally justifiable, but mostly justifiable with really great service. And you're not able to offer that. And so there's a disconnect. So you've added all of these fees, but you're not leveling up the experience at all. If anything, you're you're punishing the patrons. If last night is any example of what the future of this industry is going to look like, you're punishing patrons who are spending 21 of their crisp dollars on a shitty salad. And again, like I said, going out in Hollywood sucks for the most part. You know, I it's never been easy and it's never been inexpensive. That's always been true the whole time I've lived in LA. And when you go out to Hollywood, you just have to change your brain around it. But to be adding on fees on top of that and sort of punishing people, it just, it's like this was where we went. Most of us had been to before and really liked before. And all of us individually, as we were leaving, we're like, I don't think I'm gonna, that's probably not gonna be a place I go back to. And that sucks too, because you don't want all all the the very few restaurants that survived that weren't necessarily corporate, although this one I think is, I'm pretty sure this restaurant's corporate, but you don't want to be responsible for there only being Starbucks and McDonald's everywhere because those are the only corporate chains that seem to be able to survive. You still want there to be pocket restaurants that are open, that there's only one of them or there's maybe only two and I walked past Musso and Frank's on Hollywood Boulevard and that's like a staple restaurant. It's very famous. It's been around for forever. And half of the building was like boarded up and the other half said, we're opening our dining room soon. And it just, it just feels kind of gnarly. And so I think the, the setting, the backdrop of Hollywood is also not super positive. But anyway, all of that to say, this isn't going to just be about my experience last night. It's these pesky fees that we I keep bringing up. And it's it's curious to me when we can expect them to go away, if we can expect them to go away, if this is the new normal. And there was an article that I read about this. It was originally posted, I think, in the Business Insider. And it's about LaGuardia is one of the airports in New York City. I'm not saying that because I think my audience is dumb. I'm saying that because some people aren't in this country that listen to this podcast. So LaGuardia is one of two major airports out of New York City. And this person on his, I think it was on his Twitter, he just posted uh, Cooper Lund was his name or is his name. And he he was at this place, I don't want to say the name of it, but it was in LaGuardia and he was posting the cost of beer that he saw. It First of all, it was like an iPad menu. So the cost in the menu and stuff can rotate. No problem. Fine. But his Sam Adams summer ale draft was $27.85. And I'll link to this article in the show notes so you don't think that I'm a liar. But $27.85, you've, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, short of that beer coming with a massage or some sort of, you know, personal serenade from someone on the violin, that's insane. That's a cost you cannot justify. Heineken draft was $15.75. New Belgium fat tire. We've all had fat tire, right? It's a fine beer. $20.60 for draft and I'm not it on this in this picture it doesn't show the size but I'm assuming this isn't you know 6 gallons of beer I'm assuming it's probably a pint and 
on the very bottom of the picture, you see it says COVID-19 recovery charge, 10% of the items ordered added to the bill, not a gratuity for employees. So they're clear. No, don't worry, folks. We're going to charge you this fee. Employees will see none of it. You'll see some of it. Oh, no, wait. Just kidding. You're just going to get your $30 beer. We keep that 10%. That's over and above sales tax or whatever other taxes exist. And and they made it clear that it just doesn't go to workers. And, you know, they have since there, that obviously that tweet went viral. And they have since clarified the place where this bar was in LaGuardia has since replied and said, oh, those were the prices for 23, a 23 ounce drink, which is the equivalent of 0.7 liters. And there they were justifying it saying, oh, my gosh, this was incorrectly posted. You know, that's crazy. We shouldn't have been charging that because the business insider reached out to them for comment. And they said, quote, once we learned of it, we immediately took action to correct and began proactively auditing our entire system to ensure there were no other mistakes, end quote. And he said it was incorrectly posted. The price was, you know, it's kind of crazy that you th- these are still this is kind of crazy that these are the prices, right? Sam Adams beers for like, so the, the price of the Sam Adams beer in this article, like the equivalent that, that they're saying for seasonal beers elsewhere, it should is $7, seven or $8 <laughs> roughly in New York city's Chelsea. Like, so Chelsea's like a fancy, nice area of New York city. So they were trying to do a compare side by side comparison and the port authority is is responding and saying that they're going to increase their prices up to 10% more than street pricing in quotes as of June 2020 to try and absorb some of what they lost. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're arguing that this is, and who knows if this is true, but they're saying, oh, well, in 2018, the minimum wage for airport staff went to $19 or is going to $19 an hour by 2023. So it's trying to help retailers offset the cost. But it just it's just kind of crazy. And so, I mean, people are having a recoiled knee jerk reaction to this kind of thing. And I think you know, look, it would be insane to suggest that these businesses didn't lose money during this time as if we all didn't lose during this time. They definitely did. And there has to be some sort of reconciliation, I guess, or some sort of way to make back, I guess, some of what they lost or at least try and make the situation a little bit better. I get that. I'm not... That's how capitalism works. It keeps people employed. It keeps the economy going, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not suggesting that we all sit in our homes and never socialize but this feels like taking advantage and this is why there was another article that I read also in the business insider where they interviewed a Harvard psychologist and they were making they were discussing people getting violent in airplanes and saying you know again all these stewardesses had weighed in and said it doesn't make sense we thought people would be so thrilled to come back to traveling and we just thought that their response was going to be so positive and so overwhelming And the Harvard psychologist was like, oh, no, 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 no. People have reached a boiling point. Like, we're just there because we've been on edge with this monkey on our back for over a year and a half now. And so everything that we're seeing where people are getting just assaulted, both verbally and physically, this is just a response to this grief and tension that we've all been riding under. 
It's why some of your more, you know, probably sane and, and normal friends are posting things that you're like, whoa, this person seems angry. Like, yeah, probably, probably. Aren't we all? And they're saying it's a year and a half, or this psychologist was saying, you know, it's a year and a half of fear and anxiety. And this is um, Luana Marquez is the name of the associate professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School who weighed in on this. And she said, quote, we've been skating thin ice in this past year. And if the weight becomes too much, the ice cracks. I think that's what we're seeing, end quote. In In this article, they make reference to this survey of over 4,000 McDonald's workers from last summer and the Service Employees International Union. The statistics that they got based off of that survey found that 44% of the people that participated in the survey had been for physically or verbally assaulted over the mask mandates that were being implemented in their particular restaurants or stores and that the abuse has only gotten worse because of the mask mandates. And I mean... I've seen it. I've seen it in person. You know, I was in, um, I went and saw a friend perform, um, two weekends ago and it was in Vegas and Vegas was a actual nightmare. And I, ugh, I was there for 23 hours and it was so rough. God bless the people that work there right now. We had a bartender who was so angry. We just left. Like we, we just wanted to, we were grabbing like something quick, like a soda or something stupid quick on the, we were outside and we were just going to walk around cause it was hot. And he was like, stand six feet apart. IDs out everybody right now. He was so aggressive. And I turned to my friend and I was like, yo, I don't, this isn't worth it. Can we just go get something somewhere else? And she was like, oh, let's keep trying. And then he started making even more snarky comments. And a friend of ours wasn't getting anything and not even a a sneeze of a water. And he made him take his ID out of his wallet. And he was like, I just love Sin City. And at first we ended up leaving. We were like, this is simply not worth it. But as the night wore on, I was like, oh, I'm kind of on his side. I get this because the tension is still very much there. And so you combine that with people making horrifically bad decisions and the strip is just going off and people just really didn't have any masks on at all. And they're trying to enforce it in the casinos and in the casino where we were did a relatively good job. Shout out to the Mirage employees who were trying really hard to fight that nonsense. God bless them. But as we were coming back from the strip, now granted this was a Saturday night, there was a dude, a white dude without a mask, who was screaming, call the cops, call the cops. And he had like six security guards all masked surrounding him, walking him down. He was coming down the elevator and we were passing in the elevator, like little area in front of the elevators. And he was like, call the cops, make them talk to me, blah, blah, blah. And so I talked to security after that because I'm nosy as hell. And I was like, hey, what was going on with that guy? And he was like, oh, he punched a security guard up top because he didn't want to wear a mask. Um, And so we were escorting him down and we were going to just escort him off of the property. But he kept running his mouth and then he started swinging at everybody again. So, yeah, we did have to call the cops. And he was just so calm about it. And I said to him, I was like, how are you dealing with this? And he's like, ah, you know, he just laughed. And he was like, yeah, it's just another night in Vegas. And I asked um, some other security guards that were outside on the actual strip. I was like, how do you see this many people just like laying down on the ground, not sure if they're dead or alive and all of this chaos? And they said, you know, you just get used to it. But I said, has this gotten worse um, in the last year? And they said, absolutely. It has gotten a lot worse. And so I feel for everybody working in any sort of customer service. But this article, going back to the planes and the aggression and stuff, 
it just seems like everybody's just mad. And there's that low grade level of tension and stress that's riding on everybody's backs these days. There's a quote from the FFAA spokesperson, Ian Greger, and he told NPR that the number of reports are now, quote, significantly higher than in the past for um, uh, the reports of unruly behavior, because there were 2,500 reports of unruly behavior since January of 2021. So it's led to thousands of dollars of fines for passengers. But they're saying that they've witnessed several unprecedented pass amounts of passenger violence as travel returns. And it just and it just seems like everybody's mad. It's like it just it takes one thing. And I think I was saying this to a friend the other day, because our tanks are so low and because we're not getting refilled and because everybody's anxious as hell, it doesn't take much to set us off. And I was thinking of myself last night at dinner. I was like, probably some of this I would have just kind of rolled with and not cared about that much. Like the speaker thing probably wouldn't have bothered me. I would have been like, oh, well, they're figuring it out and I would have been able to roll with it. But that just set off the course of the night. And I was like, oh, that whole experience sucked and I don't want to go back to there. And it's like, it might not necessarily have been that place, although that place was part of it. But it's just in general, people can't seem to find their footing with being kind. And it's the it's almost as if if the standard of of rules are, for example, no shoes, no shirt, no service in the States. That's a common phrase that we use a lot. Or there were signs out in restaurants in the like 90s that would all say that. And some still do. And just reminding people, you know, you need to be clothed when you come in here. Right. And so we all laugh about it. And we're like, haha, that's so funny. But that's just sort of a baseline that we've accepted as a rule for being able to interact with this private business is that we can't be nude. OK, no problem. But now, because people are just so are, are at their maxes across the board, myself included, Telling people no shoes, no shirt, no service is probably the thing that might set them over the edge, even though that was a rule pre-COVID, even though that was a pre-pandemic institutionalized rule that we just all agreed to. Everybody's just everybody wishes somebody would. They're just right on that edge. And so it's been really interesting to witness. And it was interesting to witness my own frustration last night. And, and that was probably disproportionate. But Marquis, Marquez, the the associate uh, psychology professor from Harvard said that everybody's really riding high on cortisol so that they're right on the edge of their boiling point. Because even though things are starting to open back up, we don't have, there's always some more news that's making us freak out. And the quote that she says at the end of the article is, when we're anxious, our lenses are distorted. We tend to magnify or catastrophize. Widen your lenses and try to collect more data. That tends to also cool off the brain a little bit, was her end quote. That was her suggestion for, you know, our own personal aggressions and frustrations. And if you pay attention to it, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. You're going to see people's, you know, people right on the edge or people making choices that are in direct relation to their anxiety and depression. And anyway, so all of this to say, I'm not spending $21 on a shitty salad again. But also, I'm holding a lot of space for everyone that's going out right now. I'm holding even more space for the people that are working right now because it's all chaos and it's all hard. <laughs> and God love you all. We're all doing our best. But I mean, the 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 phrase normally with this podcast is if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good people. It's easier that way. I kind of want to modify it and just be like, don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way because at this point... They need your tips for sure. We all need your tips. But this 
boiling points right on the edge of screaming at everyone all the time stuff is actually harder to deal with. So let's figure out a way to refill our own tanks. So we're not taking it out on everyone else is maybe what I would say it is. And I'm really grateful for the people that are working in this right now. And I'm also really grateful that we're kind of, we're all in it. It's, I was talking to a friend that, you know, if you really wanted to have money in the bank right now, you would hyper speed school and become a therapist or a psychologist of some kind. Psychiatrist would take like 62 years in school. That doesn't feel worth it. But at least a psychologist or a therapist or a social worker or something, you know, something in that field, because the wait lists for people who want therapists right now are through the roof. Like they're, you know, years out. So you'd have job consistency, but just remember that your therapists are also people too, and their tanks are also empty and your doctors are people too, and their tanks are empty and your, you know, your dentist, your eye doctor, your, the barista, the customer service, is not just limited to, you know, retail and hospitality. It is in, so as I've tried to address in the podcast, it is in so many areas of your life. And arguably it's basically every job could be tied to customer service in some regard. And everybody's tanks are really low. Everybody's fuses are very short. Everybody's worried. Even if, you know, even your friends who think it's all a hoax on some level, that's a fear as a fear decision to make that statement that it's a hoax. So anyway, God love the people in it. God love all of us. We're doing our best, but just be aware. Uh, you know, maybe if you're on the coasts, ask them ahead of time, Hey, have your prices spiked? And some of it's supply chain. I know and we've gotten emails. I know some of it is supply chain. I know food costs have gone up. I know it's the reason why building a house right now is a nightmare. And our real estate market is crazy for houses that are already built because nobody can seem to get materials for a reasonable price. So it's why houses are getting snatched. So I know that the supply chain has been affected in every area. But let's just be aware that if you don't want to get mad, ask them what the fees are ahead of time. Ask them if the gratuity is just automatic. Get clarity on it and just know that they may not be transparent until the bill is presented to the table. And that doesn't feel great, but everybody's doing their best. So on that super positive note... I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you folks so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, please rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, tell them that it's always this fun and always hilarious. This episode was just a laugh riot and this is indicative of all the episodes. And if you, you know, we have a Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash the Kate Gaffney, but those reviews really help recommending us to your friends really, really helps getting it, you know, word of mouth is the way that this keeps on. So keeps my tank a little bit full when y'all tell your people. So thank you for those that do it. Thank you for those who will do it. And just remember, ask all the questions about the pesky little fees and don't charge $21 for a salad. Thanks everybody for listening. Good night. Good night.